Uh, what's up, y'all? Uh, you know who it is. Um, listen, um, obviously for legal reasons, I'm not even to. I'm not able to. Uh, divulge is that the right word? Address. Not even supposed to. I was trying to find a more suitable word, but uh, I really can't uh, talk about anything at this time. Uh, but I just more or less want to say to all the loyal listeners. All my fans, very few friends that I have and supporters. Uh, got a call from my brother, uh, Shabazz OG, who you remember. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, I could name all the, I wish I could remember all the names. But, you know, Shamor, Kalsh, uh, Sergio Sosa, CC, Ash A, Farah AB, uh, Ram Futch, Junebug Spade. Y'all know who y'all are. Leroy Ethereus. Um, thank you guys for your support and for your love. Uh, I will certainly, uh, remember you and make sure you all get invites to the all white yacht party, uh, with the bevy of bitches that I keep talking about. Um, listen, this is a, this is an extortion case. Uh, this is a shakedown. Uh, and I didn't need my lawyer to tell me this, to say this, but you know, I'm going to echo her words. We won't be shaken down. Um, and believe me, it's bothering me not to talk about uh, the skit. Because um, Andy and I have been talking about it. And there's some very valid things I feel like I have to say or want to say. Uh, but just can't at this time. Um, and I'm no coward. Uh, I'm not running from anything. And I'm not guilty of anything. It's the reason why I won't turn my mentions off on my um, Instagram. It's the reason why, you know, um, you know, I'm not deleting any of my old posts. Um, you know, and I would love to address it head on. Tony Montana, Scarface, balcony scene, shooting a thousand Colombians. Uh, but I can't, I, j- I just can't. And it's paining me to do so because I'm a fighter. I'm not a runner. Uh, and uh, my character's being assassinated. Um, again, I I, want to address the skit especially, uh, but I just can't. I will say this, though, to the loyal listeners. If you remember back when uh, that that Arnold Schwarzenegger skit that we did, uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger is the system fucker. Get back. System. You guys didn't know it at the time, and I couldn't say it at the time, but that's what this is about. That's what this is about. It's a shakedown and extortion. And I will just say this. I want to say thank you to the very lovely lady. I won't say her name. Uh, but there was a woman who hit me up on Instagram. And she wrote me, hey, Aries, if you need my help regarding the, and she also mentions the person's name who's trying to shake us down. As much as I want to expose that bitch, I won't say her name either. Uh, but she goes, if you need my help regarding the blank situation, have your legal team reach out to me. I've known this person for over 35 years. They're a huge scammer. I can prove it to you. Uh, here's my number. I will be able to assist you. And I will say this. if You you can even dig up the history yourself. But this person has a history of these false accusations. Uh, saying that they've been raped. They even once blamed the whole entire San Bernardino Police Department for allegedly... Uh, fondling her and her children at the same time in the same house. Picture that. An entire fucking police department? Come on, man. And what's killing me is, you know, all the people hit me up. At no point does a little bit of, you know, common sense or red flags or any, you just, whatever, man. People are just running with this. And it didn't help with the Lizzo thing. So, uh, I'm having a bad week. Uh, but it be what it be. So again, thank you to the people that support, love, standing by me. I love y'all back. Uh, now let's have a podcast. Steve, you know what to do. Spears and Steinberg. You know what the fuck it is. Aries and Andy. You and the jerk. You know it's time to get this work. The real raw, gutter, uncut, cocaine. No political corrections. Always sleep. Fuck being a woke. 
We discuss politics and jokes. Cry, we lick. There's levels to this shit. Before you were sucking on your mama's tit. Aries Spears don't give a fuck. We talk about race a lot. Racism. Sexism. Much love to my loyal bitch bag holders. Rollers, clip loaders. We got them in the folders. The whole world on our shoulders. Spears and Steinberg. Yeah! Suicide. And all of y'all know my style. I excel, then prevail. Run up and get touched up. Suicide, that's it. And all of y'all know my style. How's your week? You know, surprisingly, mine's been going pretty well. And <laughs> why am I not? I'm, what happened? I don't know that I'm getting volume. I hear you. Oh, okay. In my headset. I hear you good, just fine. Then I okay. Then I'm good. Wait, do I hear you? Talk. Go ahead. Talk. Test. 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 I think I'm hearing you. Oh, I hit my. There we oh, go. Ah, there we go. There I am. I'm happy. I thought that shit didn't record. No, up until this moment, I'm uh, having a really good week, actually. Okay. Shit. I uh, uh, other than uh, your uh, the people who want to make a point and can't get a hold of you seem to be able to find my fucking social media and right. want to talk to me. So I just like to. Tell them they can um, address where you want to address, but I fuck off. I mean, even Rizza, Rizza brother, Rizza Islam hit me up yeah, and, and gave me some brother talk. Uh, so, you know. If nothing else, maybe the spaceship will come grab you and take you away. Yeah, I might need that, nigga. <laughs> I might fucking need that. Uh, okay, so what are we diving into? We are going to talk about uh, this great uh, documentary that people have been mentioning on Hulu called Lakers Legacy. Uh, fucking awesome. And I, and I know some of y'all might be thinking, well, damn, are y'all going to cover some of the same stuff that we already heard from Winning Time? Which, before I watched it, I knew I was going to watch it because I'm a dude and it's sports. Uh, but I thought, you know, are we and are me and Andy going to touch this? Because we might be treading some of the same lattice. Um, but, but no, uh, because there were very different things, points made, and angles from this uh, that wasn't in winning time. So, uh, I, yeah, I, I, I was excited to jump on this. First thing I noticed as they went back to the date of 1979, gas was 69 cents a gallon. And that was high. That was considered high? Uh-huh. That was considered high. Cut to today, it's 650. 69 cents. That's unfathomable. It's not that expensive. It's not as expensive out here in Austin. Right. You, Andy, well, by the way, Andy fucking loves Austin. He's thinking about moving here. Uh, he fucking loves this place. I've never heard him rave about such a place like he did with Austin. I've been, when I got here, I got here a day earlier than you. Right. Yeah. And I, uh, and I went and did some comedy in uh, downtown Austin mm -hmm. and uh, had a great time. And the people are good. They really support they you know, entertainment has always been something that Austin has supported and uh, comedy. They've been, you know, they always had a comedy scene, but they really are embracing it. And just the fact that so many people are coming out here, it's provided more opportunity. So, um, and I'm from Phoenix, mm -hmm. which is essentially feels very similar, mm -hmm. but a little smaller, but with more stuff going on as far as that entertainment goes. And uh, I want my kids to come out. I, I would love my kids to move a little closer to me in New York. I'd like to be able to bounce back and forth. Right. Um, dude, I never knew that uh, uh, Jerry Buss had six kids. I thought it was Jeannie and the boy, the one boy who, who yeah. fucked up the Lakers. Yeah. I thought it was two. This motherfucker had six kids. Yeah. He was fucking. Yeah. Wow. And then he and then even after he he, you know, he got another wife so that he could have more kids. I mean, he had more than a six. No, 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 no. no. Oh. It was four, it was how many with his first wife was. Oh, I thought it was all same wife. No, four on the first and then two on the second. God damn. Jeannie uh, was the hottest one. She was certainly the hottest one uh, of the girls. Uh, but uh, yeah, man, uh, six goddamn kids. Uh, and she seems like she's the one most fit to run the business. Well, she was the one that always wanted to be part of the business. I, as I, the first time I had any contact with her whatsoever. Personally? Yeah. Uh, oh, the Pat Riley story. No, no. Uh, I met her during the, I used to work for uh, Phoenix uh, 
Cobra roller hockey team. And she was, I didn't know that. Yeah. And, uh, that was when I first moved to Phoenix. It was the first one, the first, the first job I got. And, uh, she was the, she came out when her, the, the, um, LA, some, I forgot the name of the LA team, but the LA team came out and she was out here. So oh, that's really? the first time I got to, I met, I mean, it's not like a big meeting. It was just like, that's the first time I ever saw her. And, uh, she always had run sports. She was the one who ran the, and you're going to get into it as we talk about it. Did you, you have notes about the strings, the LA strings? No, I don't. Okay. She ran the tennis, uh, part of buses. She was one of the first, I mean, the tennis part was a big deal. Uh, right. She ran the string. So there's always been, she was always very active and, and never made it a secret that she planned on, she wanted to follow in her dad's footsteps, but she's a, she's a real, she's the real deal. I mean, she really right. is part of the business. Uh, you know, he, they don't show it much cause he did. Well, he, well, he really didn't do it much uh, as far as, you know, the one thing about magic, that people forget, even I forget, is magic could score. You know, yeah. his his passing was so amazing that you you didn't really pay attention to the fact that you know, he could put up 30 if he wanted to. Uh, and scoring wasn't the prettiest part of his game, obviously. But when they showed him in college, dunk on the guy, and he pointed to him on the ground as, as though to taunt him. Um, don't we miss that in the NBA? Taunting a little bit? It, it, it was just a little bit of, of extra just to right. like let everybody know, like, I, that's, I got you. I got you. And then it made the other side want to, and, and this is where it, why they took, got rid of it. But that other side wanted to prove, no, we, we, we got them. We're, we're the, and, and you still see this in hockey. You know, someone fucks up with a hockey player, the rest of the team's coming at them. Right. And it was good for the NBA, but I also understand, you know, for TV and whatever they wanted to do. Oh, man. It's just, why why is it okay in hockey but not anywhere else? I I think in hockey the reason they still let it go a little bit is because they have pads on. They are protected somewhat. Right. You're on ice so you can't get like a grip. A, yeah, full swing. You can't really like, you know, <laughs> right, you're not right, right. Uh so I think that's why they kind of still let it go and I think because when they tried to ban hockey, the ratings really went down. They took a big a bigger dip. So um I think that's why they let it go in hockey. But also when they, when the, the players, they don't really let it go. They're not supposed to be fighting, but when they do fight and when they hit the ground, it's over. They, 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 the refs jump on them. It's just that they're not trying to, there's other injuries that can happen if you try to separate them. Right. So. Um, I tell you one of the greatest taunts ever. It was kind of similar to what magic did, but the, the dunk was so much more vicious. Remember that dunk with Sean Kemp? He, he dunked on somebody and he did the big, you yeah, know, like yeah, yeah, point, yeah, 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 yeah. Man, again, we this is about magic and the Lakers. But Sean Kemp had to be one of the most vicious dunkers. Power dunkers. Power dunkers in the NBA. Um, and we're gonna stick to Magic and Lakers, but I gotta say it now. Um give me a top five dunkers. I'll give you mine. Well, I have one, but he's not a top five dunker. It's just the dunk. KJ. On, on Olajuwon. Because <laughs> he was three foot eight. But, and he was all the way up to the rim. I mean, K, I mean KJ right. was uh, above his head when right, he dunked that right, ball. Right, right, It was such a spectacular dunk. It was, because it was a little man over a big man. Big man, man and, and, yeah. he, and he did it with authority. It wasn't like, I slipped this in on right. you. It's he went up face to face. Right. And he fucking stuck him. And yeah. So that's my all-time I, I got to give you one similar, but there's obviously a, 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 a more of a, uh, the height difference is, is not so vast. Uh, Kobe over Yao Ming. Oh, yeah. I don't know if you remember that. When he went baseline and he dunked over Yao Ming and, and because Yao is so goddamn tall. Like, when you look at Shaq standing next to Yao, Shaq has to look up. And Kobe flew. <laughs> Woo! That was a vicious dunk. Uh, there's another dunk I have, but it's not even in the NBA. And I can't remember his name. And I, I'm so bummed. I don't remember everybody's name anyway. And we already know that. So uh, it was, uh, give me details. It was, Wait, it, you know what, Steve, you know what time it is. Guess what Andy's thinking. You're not going to get it. Oh. It's the U of A. It's college basketball game. And uh, the did, did he play in the pros or his he college? Did, he didn't play. College. He played. In, he went to baseball. He didn't go to the NBA. Really? Uh, I'll, I'll remember it afterwards. I'm sorry, guys. But uh, he had this dunk in a game. 
uh, where he went up and everyone went to block him and he went 180, turned his back. Uh, they were chasing him down. He was a little bit more open. They were coming after him. They couldn't get the ball away. He went 180, back to the uh, his head, back to the basket, and dunked behind his head in the game in a college game. I wish I saw this, but you know I am not college knowledgeable. Uh, this game that that dunk was I, I and it doesn't get airplay. It's not one of those most remember uh, dunks that like even at the uh, U of A that they play this over. I think it was Kenny. I don't know. I'm going to look it up. He uh, That dunk was amazing to me, but uh, if I don't have a name for it, you can't even look it up, so uh, I apologize. Uh, um, okay, so here's here's my top five dunkers. Uh, Michael Jordan, Dominique Wilkins, Vince Carter, Sean Kemp. I want to say Kobe, but do I? And LeBron never. Oh, oh, oh Dr. J. I, I was going to say LeBron, but the fact that LeBron never did the dunk contest, I can't give him that. You, but you, you put Kemp in there, but here's my, here's my thing. Kemp wasn't, it was as all power. It wasn't artistic. It wasn't. No, but it, listen, it ain't got to be all, uh, Jordan was artistic and a little bit of power, but more artistic. So then by that, by that theory, you leave Shaq out of that. But Shaq was just straight. Tear down muscle, a rim, muscle, break rims. But, but yeah. I think you have to have some flair too, though. Okay, that's what makes it sexy. No, it, and I listen. When I say Kemp wasn't, it wasn't all he brought. He, the was, ball. he, he was did vicious. the rock. He did the rock. We brought the right. ball all the way back right. and then brought it through. I'm not saying he didn't have that, but there's Vince Carter. There was a flair to Vince Carter's man. When, listen, when he jumped over the seven footer. In the Olympics, when he had hair, Vince Carter with hair was atrocious. Uh, bald, nigga. His game was better then, though. Yeah. Uh, yeah, man. You agree with that five? I'm not disagreeing with that five. I just think there's a couple, like, do you do you leave Kemp in, put in uh, Shaq, or do you leave... I, Shaq I, was just power. It was, it, was, it was vicious. An 18-wheeler smashing through a trailer home. But, but there was Dr. J, you know, with the with the cradle rock and yeah. the afro and the, the dunking over motherfuckers, one hand. You know what I mean? Yeah. You got to have some beauty to it, too. No, I, I'm not disagreeing with any any of the people you just said. I just. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll go with you. I'll go with your list. I'm not going to I'm not going to fight you. On and Dominique was so, you know. Well, Dominique beat Jordan that that year in the dunk contest when they did it in uh, Chicago. Flat top perm, Dominique. He, 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 he beat Jordan that year. Right. He, he really I, I really think he I mean, if it was a tie, tie went to the home team. Right. Uh, that year he beat Jordan. I thought that was in Chicago, though. It was in it? Chicago. Yeah. Oh, OK. That, he didn't beat him. He oh, lost to him. okay, right, right, right. Because that's he, the, where he, Jordan did the free throw line dunk. And he got, I think, I. but Dominique's dunks, I mean, that was, yeah, and Jordan stepped over the free throw line. Let's, a let's be bit, honest. A little bit, okay, a little bit, a little bit. And you know, I have, yeah, Jordan's yeah, my yeah, favorite yeah, player, yeah, but yeah. It, at, at the moment, right. I was, I, I was, nah, Jordan right. deserved that. Looking back over years with a little age on it and being honest, I think Dominique won that one. Okay. Um, I thought it was interesting to me. Uh, when Norm Nixon said "great player," because it was a, it was about uh, Jerry West re refusing to want to be the coach, because he he said, you know, I, I just would it wouldn't be fair to the players. I would be so vicious on them because uh, they couldn't do what I want them to do. And 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 Norm said, uh, "Great players don't always make great coaches. They tend to want you to play as they did." Everybody doesn't understand the game. Everybody doesn't have the same work ethic. Work ethic, I get that boils down to laziness versus not lazy. But I would think everybody would, if you're playing basketball and you're playing the game, I would think that everybody's basketball IQ would, I know it's not, but, but I would think that if you're in the game and this is what you do for a living, how do you not know the game? How can your basketball IQ not be sharp? I, I think everybody has to have some basketball IQ, but not only it's not just the IQ, it's the demand that you put on yourself. That like Kobe, like very few people, like Kobe would not, Kobe, I think, could coach, but I don't think he could coach NBA players because I think he would want them to, like when he, why he didn't get along with Shaq was that same reason. But again, that boils down to the physical. Uh, yeah. How, how hard you work, lazy versus not lazy. Yes. I'm strictly talking about 
when they would talk about Magic's IQ, yeah. Jordan's IQ, LeBron's IQ, Larry's IQ, they see and know the game from a mental standpoint and visually that some guys don't. And that's amazing to me that you're a basketball player and you can't see that. Well, I, I think uh, if you take it in, in, into what you're saying, if, I, if I'm understanding you correctly, look at Magic. Magic, they, they, they would always say, well, he's 6'8", he's 6'9", six, six, he can see the floor better than everybody else. Right. He didn't have eyes in the back of his head. He just knew where everybody was and was supposed to be. But he, in that IQ? Yeah, that's IQ. But not everybody has that same thing. That's amazing to me that you're in the game of basketball and as physically gifted as you can be, that's a different thing. That mental shit, that's totally different from physical. But it is it is different, but it's also like a quarterback in the NFL. They know where to throw the ball for each guy. Each guy runs the route a little bit different. I mean, they're supposed to run it exactly the same, and you're going to get the ball there. All but right. some of the guys, they know this guy's going to do this, or he's a little bit faster, so I need to put it there. Right. That's that's that IQ where you can you can you have the ability to see the play before it right. happens. And most people, I don't care if they're in the NBA, most people can't see the play breaking down before it happens. Right. Yeah. Told me to cut you off, man, but we have to take a break. It's nothing personal. It's just business. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. That's that's uh that's an amazing gift. And I and I think in certain aspects, and like it would make more sense to me comedically, because again, like there are some guys who are funny, but in terms of vision, instinct, gut, n- knowing certain things, knowing reading a room, so, it's kind of the same thing. It is. So I should be able to understand it. But again, I'm not an athlete. So I, I, as much as I watch, I can watch the sport. I truly don't understand because I don't do it. Yeah. Yeah. But even in comedy relation too, there's, just, there's some comics that can write a great joke and then someone else go, don't use that word, use this word. Yes. And it changes the whole joke. Yes. Yes. And a thousand other people could have looked at the same joke and never said that, but that right, one comic right, can just go, right. you know, use the, try this word instead right. of that word. And it changes everything. Yes. Um, I, I, again, this is why I love this doc because it, it totally uh, showed some things that weren't uh, in winning time. One of the scariest things to me about business is like, no matter how successful someone is in business, um, you know, obviously they know some things. Uh, but there's no guarantees. The, 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 you know, no, nobody's 100% right. But if you, the more successful you, you are, obviously there's some validity to some of the things they say. But this one guy, uh, Scott Werblin, chairman of Madison Square Garden, and this is when the NBA was struggling to really find its popularity and its legs, said there should be 16 teams in the NBA. There should only be 16 teams. And he spoke it like it was gospel. I'll tell you what the problem is. There should only be 16 teams. Cut to now we have 29 teams. And it's bigger than it's ever been. You, again, you want to go, this guy got on a suit. He got on a tie. <laughs> he's in business. He has an important position. How could he not know what the fuck he was talking about? But he didn't know what the fuck he was talking about. He might have known a little bit about what he was talking about, though, because at the time, the, the population of the country was different. Cities were different. How you got to the cities, how you, who was who was willing to uh, have a, a fandom that would support a team. Right. That might have been different at the time that he's saying than today. But don't you think just like with basketball IQ, there's a business IQ? Yeah. And there are some people who are visionaries and they can see things yeah. and make moves based on that gut and vision. Yeah. And voila. But that's not, but these guys were numbers guys. There's only supposed to be 16 teams. There's only so much money. There's only so much support. And the talent has also grown immensely. We could probably add some more teams right now just because talent wise. Right. But yeah, I, I, I understand why someone would say that, but it's, it's always going to change. Mm. Uh, 
dude, the picture of Jerry. And, and, and you know, I remember, uh, I don't know, I think it was the, uh, forgot what it was called, the documentary with Magic and Bird, Courtship of Rivals. And I remember, and Magic alluded to this on a number of occasions when he goes, you know, it was kind of unspoken word in the locker room that players weren't supposed to hang with the owners. Yeah. Uh, but when when he goes, but when Jerry Buss, I saw the women, I saw the way he liked the, his lifestyle. I said, I'm hanging with him. Dude, when they showed a picture of Jerry Buss in the pool with all the women and the cigarette in one hand and a drink <laughs> in the other, uh, I went to myself, goddamn, Buss looked like he really enjoyed life. I think he really did. He enjoyed who he was. He enjoyed what he had. And he fucking played it up. And I went, man, that is every dude's fantasy, man. I, you know, and the fact that he was friends with Hugh Hefner and then they right. had that, you know, that that's who his lifestyle was modeled at. But he, I was expecting the way Bus was in the pool, the way that you'd see him. I was expecting to have a Sean Connery accent, not the Bus accent. Hey, to he, me, at that moment, he looked like the Dos Equis man. <laughs> the most interesting man in the fucking world. Yeah, he had, I mean, and L.A. And to L.A., do, right. Because he wasn't, you know, he if he was living in Minnesota, Poughkeepsie. yeah, that wasn't gonna. This was never gonna happen, right? Them is different b- bitches in the pool, nigga. But when you see being able to see the future, being able to predict and see where things are going, he knew basketball in L.A. was gonna work. Right. He had an idea of how to make that happen, right? Uh, and, and it's just funny because his the his blueprint is what everybody uses now, right? So you're right. There is these uh, people who see it differently. Jesus. Um, when Jane Pauley asked about Jeannie Buss and connection to Christy Hefner as being a part of the family business, Jane Pauley said, I guess her IQ is higher than 10. I just went, dude, women are so fucking catty. Uh, because she was already bothered by what she called the collection of women that Jerry Buss had. And she goes, and it was the way she said it too, which was like, his collection of women. And so then she went on to say, well, at least her IQ is higher than a 10. Like, you know, this is what I alluded to when I said on, and please check out my most recent interview on Vlad with the jean jacket I'm wearing, the Sean John, uh, because there's a moment in there. And I mean, of course, again, because of the timing, there's going to be some comments of people going, yeah, but what about the allegations? But I guarantee you 98% of the comments are, Yo, Aries is, yo, keep this nigga at all costs. Because the way I looked into the camera when I said sexy and winked, but my whole thing about, again, when women get upset, they don't come from logic and sense. They come from emotion. And 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 again, saying that I'm unfunny and unattractive is is not a fact. It's it's subjective. It's an emotion. You you're angry, you're upset. And 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 again, there are, I don't want to make this seem like this is what is held as the norm. Uh, because it's not. I mean, there are, there are obviously gang gangs of women who work in media and in, you know, uh, nine to fives and, and high powered jobs and positions who are professional as a motherfucker. Uh, but this is why sometimes guys go with women. Man, y'all let your emotions come through, man, because I felt like there was no reason for her to say that about Jeannie. And on top of that. It's like she's bothered by the fact that Bus had a gang of bitches. This is what men do. Wealthy men, they do that. Why are you hating? I understand why she felt the need to be catty. In a professional, you're doing an interview, you're on TV talking, I forget the guy who she was talking to, but you're doing a story about Bus. Why did that need, why was that relevant? Well, this was her opportunity to take her shots because she wasn't in that interview. She was talking to the person who did the interview and it was a good morning America piece. Right. So, you know, this was her take and, and listen, I did. Ah, man. How do you, how do you say this without sounding as fucked up as it's going to sound? There are some women that are, are perfectly happy being collectibles. (laughs) There are some women like Jane Pauley who wanted a business and a career and to be seen differently. Right. Their problem is when they try to mix the two, they they see themselves in the other. You can be, some people can be both. Some people can be, a, uh, want to be a 10 and also be a professional and a career person. Right. 
But I understand in a woman in a in this world, women who want to be the professional sometimes feel pressured that they have to conform to the idea of what the tens, because that's what men that's what like, men are you, want. It, like it's their competition. Not only their competition, but men and other business people in business, men, the men push them into well, you're not they want everything. The power of men in corporate America pushes things towards you're a woman and you need to be the ideal of what a man is looking for, not the ideal of what a business should be. Right. And I think that you can be, you can choose where you want to be in there. There is room. Listen, if guys were able to just be good looking and be picked up by billionaire women and live a good <laughs> life, we're going there. And if there are, and if they are good looking with six pack, and ripped and chiseled and they're picked up by billionaire women, then women don't look like a young Catherine Zeta-Jones. No. Then women look like Mrs. Garrett, nigga. But see, but that's, that's, that's part of this issue when, in what you're saying because that's the perception. There could be a good-looking businesswoman out there. Jeannie Boss, she's not, she's not unattractive. She's a good-looking woman. She's a professional. She never, I don't know if she was ever felt to be pushed into being that. I think that she felt that she could be whatever she wanted to be. I think women need to know that they can be whatever they want to do. And, but, and that's what I mean when I go, a woman who's running the team. And she, listen, she ran it better than her brother. Her brother almost ran it into the, the ground. ground. So, yes, there are women out there who can do the job better than men. All I'm saying is sometimes women, you know, and I only say, because you're women, and it's hard to fight your instincts at certain times in terms of who you are. You let that come through. And I don't know that that's a good look. Well, and then women also do the same thing uh, for what they just said, do the same thing to men. A really good looking guy who could be in a magazine with abs and a good right. face and the good, probably not very smart. I've right. heard women say he's, he's, he's going to be dumb because he's leaning on his right. looks. Where did, where did the idea of that come from, though? Someone good looking, leaning on their looks. Well, see, and that's why I tip my hat to, to Jeannie, because she got with Phil Jackson with the coat hanger shoulders. <laughs> <laughs> Got the strongest, squarest shoulders on a motherfucker. <laughs> um, uh, Dr. J, man, I love when he said, uh, in regards to injury, I've had my lips sewn up, my eyes stitched oh, up. Yeah. And where we're from, that generation, where if you don't go out and play, somebody's going to take your fucking job. But yet y'all want me to believe as y'all keep pushing this young generation, bigger, stronger, faster. These athletes, and, I, and I've said this a million times, I hate that so much. Because again, these athletes today, yeah, better medicine, better technology. Imagine if Dr. J in that era had the technology in today's medicine. It'd have really been a fucking problem. Them dudes played through thick and thin. Willis Reed coming out hobbling. Wasn't effective, but he fucking came out. So 82 games, back-to-backs, no fucking rest management. Stop it with this bigger strike. That's so overrated. You know, well, or you could look at it and say it a different way. Uh, the game, not that the game has changed. You could say it's a different game. It's a different game. They're playing a completely different game. But to end to your point of which one better, faster, stronger, or the game itself. Could you imagine telling Jordan that he was going to have to sit for a couple nights healthy? Right. And the Dude, team and the team needs some points. When he when he broke his foot and he came back in the in the last dance, he explained it. The Jerry's wanted to limit his minutes. He didn't want to. He, he was like, "Fuck that." He got mad at the coach when the coach pulled him out upon the Jerry's demands. They said, if you play Michael more than 14 minutes, you're fired. And dude had to pull Mike out at a critical moment. And Mike was furious. That's why I made the comparison when I said, listen, today's athletes are like fiberglass cars. They're shinier. They're sexier. Then you know all the bells and whistles and tricks. But you blow on it and you got to take it to the shop. Whereas the cars from our parents era, it was tanks, nigga. <laughs> Tanks, nigga. It was real metal. You could crash into a goddamn mountain and still live. So I, I just don't buy it. I, you, you know, the bigger, stronger, faster. Get to miss me with that shit, man. But, but the other side of it is, Mikhail breaks his foot. 
He plays his games, and he was never the same, though, after that. He did play. Right. But you also now, these guys, and, and that's a time when- To protect themselves. And protect themselves, to protect their careers. These guys, to protect the team. These, are, these guys now, today, are multimillionaires stepping onto the floor. This, they're, they're, they're protecting the investment now. I got it. But doesn't it seem like back in the day when the players, and it's still, you know, obviously they ain't making the money then that they are now, but it felt like the love for the game was more pure. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, you want to be as rich as you could be, but the hunger and the desire to play for the love of the game as opposed to, I got to protect my brand. I mean, it's hard to argue that because you go, money, 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 your family, take care of everybody, rich for life. Yeah, that's a very, very sexy piece of fruit dangling in front of you. But damn, dog, that that heart, that gusto, that... This is why I go, man, to me, comedically, I'm an old soul. Because, you know, I care about that fucking joke, man. I care about that big laugh. I care about... Seeing you wipe tear ducts, wipe your tear ducts and hold your face up and your muscles and you massage your jaw and you're bent over. And if you wear glasses, you take them off. I think it's my dick hard, man. I love it. I'm, I just, ah, that grit and grime. I love that, man. It's it's a different game. <sighs> um, dude, other than pure ego. Why the fuck would Paul Westhead change the goddamn offense? He at, he fired himself. He did. Like, why would you? You won a championship the previous year. Running and gunning. That's what, why are you changing the formula to Coke, nigga? Other than the fact you're going, we won a championship. I'm a championship coach. So I got to prove I'm a championship coach by implementing my offense. Well, now here's where we go and we take a little bit of winning time and we bring it over here. How much of the the assistant coach was he really? How much was the story that was told in winning time more correct? Where he got fired from his basketball position, I think, or he left his basketball position. He wasn't a winning coach in college. Is that that that's what they said in winning time? Uh, I believe so. I mean, so his offense, his ideas, maybe structurally, you know, he had these ideas and thought, I can implement some of this and it'll be better. But he's already proven that he, he was the assistant coach. And when he ran the offense, and he even said, and I was smart enough to run the offense that I was left with. <laughs> so why, would you, why do you make that change? Well, because you think that you, you, know, uh, you have some insight because you've seen the game. You know how the game is played. You want to play the game with your, your, uh, your tools. Right. I get why you would do it, but it wasn't like it was a losing team that he was trying to, to, to change. So I don't, I don't understand that. And you have Magic, who's already shown that he's going to run the floor, mm. he's going to run out, and he's going to get the ball where it needs to go. And you're going to slow that down. That makes no Magic sense. Magic was the Tom Brady of his position. Yeah, that's why he's the official, the only real, to me still, when I say point guard, very few real, true point guards. You know, normally I wouldn't give it to a color guy. <laughs> you know, because when you bring up time fucking Brady kid, you're talking about a fucking god. But you when just stop and think about it. Magic fucking Jansen. Really was the fucking Tom Brady. He was like the black version of the greatest white man ever. Oh, my fucking God, kid. I mean, even with the hiv, uh, Magic just fucking, you know, the guy was, you got to get a guy his fucking credit. He was fucking to die for Bobby Patterson, by the way. Um, Bobby Patterson would give that to Magic, too, because it, it was another black guy that was uh, the point guard for. It was DJ, so. I mean, and, you know, rarely, care. rarely can you give these fucking dockies Anything, because they fucking take it. You know the history. What the fucking dockies want, they fucking take it. They get past fucking locks in your house, windows, gates. They fucking do whatever they gotta do. I mean, I'm just speaking the truth there, kid. As the blacks say, I'm keeping it 100. One fucking 100. These are facts, kid. All right. Um, you, it, it seemed like, dude, because uh, <laughs> Kareem kind of alluded to it. Uh, it seems like now that Kareem's older, uh, he's now in his older years, he was downplaying how much it bothered him that Magic got $25 million. I don't think he downplayed it. He said it, it, said it bothered him. Yeah. Because he said, well, then what am I worth? Right. Dude, you know, listen, uh, I understand we all have ego. 
but if and I'm a firm believer in this, and I and I try to stand by this, and I try not to be a hypocrite. Yes, I have an ego, but if something is working, or if there's something that can make it work or be better, I don't. Ha- I'm the I'm the most egoless person in the world because my whole thing is this: I've never looked at anything as listen. If I'm doing, let's say I'm doing a skit, and somebody in the skit is funnier than me. I don't look at that as, oh my God, they're funnier than me. We're in the same skit. It's going to make the skit better, which means I'm still part of a great skit. So fuck ego. I remember when we were shooting this Mike Tyson skit sketch on Mad TV and the writer we had at the time, white guy by the name of Chris Cluse, he wrote the skit and he had me, you know, he had this one line I was supposed to say as Mike Tyson and it wasn't funny to me. So I made up a line and that was funnier. And he came to me in between uh, a take and he goes, Aries, why aren't you saying the line that I wrote? I said, Chris, it's cool, but I'm getting a bigger laugh off this line. Why, why do you think that line that you wrote works? He goes, because I wrote it. That's ego, dude. That's ego. Because you wrote it. Come on, man. Let's have the argument, but let's make it make sense. If your line is funnier than my line, I'm doing your line. But his line was falling flat. So I had the line I implemented was getting a bigger laugh. Fuck that ego shit, man. If we win and stop. But at the same time, you listen, I just knowing you, if you're in a skit and someone has a better, better lines than you, you're going to try to find a way to make your lines better. You're going to try to get your, you're going to try. But, but, but at that point, we're, we're team playing. Yes. Right, right, yeah. But but if he truly has the better line, yeah, then I don't have a problem with it. Right. I don't have a problem with it. Um, Between the glasses and the must... Oh, let me skip that one. Which one? Uh, oh, okay. My Kurt Rambis note. Okay. Did you read it? No, no, but I already know where it's going. Yeah. Uh, I like Kurt, Kurt Rambis. I liked Rambis, though. Rambis... He was tough, man. He wasn't a pushover. And he was like, okay, he was just that dude that... He he played that position just in a different way, and it was a go- and it was goofy kind of the way he played it. And it was it you was, need you need the scrappy dude. You need that. That's that's you need the, you need a Rodman. You, yes, you, you need you need a, a a well. You know, I was gonna say uh, Draymond Green, but he's very offensive. He can be offensively potent. Yeah, he can. Scrappy is like you said, Dennis Rodman, Kurt Rambis, Udonis Haslam. People who are gonna stick their nose in. Yeah, and get man. Busy. Yeah, people who are gonna slap the shit out you. Just because they mad, they scrappy. They get the scrap. They the scrappy player. And his he would look different than everybody else. So right. he just he had a he had a place on 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 the Lakers. Dude, when they showed the celebrities in the crowd of the Laker game at the height of Showtime, they showed Johnny Carson. That nigga had on a white members only jacket. Yeah. I've never seen that. Yeah. I used to have a members only jacket. I thought they only came in black. Oh, you, you didn't know? No, they had all the colors. Dude, I didn't know that. Every that color. shit looked cold. Yeah, uh, the red one was nice. Wow. The gray one's nice. I, I thought it was just black. Nah. Oh, my God. I was like, dude, I almost wanted to go on eBay and find me a white members only jacket for <laughs> right now. <laughs> members only is hot right now, though. You can probably find they one. They still make those. They do again. They brought them out again like two years ago. They and Johnny with his white hair with the white jacket? Man, that shit looked cold. Yeah, well, I should get one for my beard. Dude, the white yacht party. You in a members only jacket, no shirt underneath, zip down to your belly button, diamond chain. I, n- I definitely need a chain if I'm going to do with that. A, with a star of David iced out. Okay. Oh, with the white beard, nigga. <laughs> oh, Andy. And I got to get you some white frames, nigga. Dude, and I'm going to come in where, with two. Big tablets, like the Ten Commandments, like fucking iced out tablets. Moses just no, no. walked in. The tablets are regular, but the the, the commandments are uh, written the in words diamonds. Are in diamonds. There we go. Oh, you get Moses on your white yacht party. First uh, commandment, and the woman reads it: "Thou have to suck Andy Dick." <laughs> <laughs> Told me to cut you off, man, but we have to take a break. It's nothing personal. It's just business. Oh, oh, when we talked last week and I said I didn't want to go into it because we were going to talk about this. I did not know the Lakers could have got Dominique Wilkins over uh, James Worthy. Now, I know Dominique hates that that didn't happen. Cut to what, what, 
with a worthy win. Five rings. Yeah. To Dominique's none. Yeah, because Magic won five. Yeah. But but no, was was no, James wasn't there the whole time. Yeah, yeah I don't think he Not, I, no, think, okay. I think he got three. Three, okay. Um and listen, Dominique, man, that's that's one of those players, 50 greatest players that you feel for because as dope as that dude was, he just didn't have a great team. Uh could you imagine Magic with Dominique fucking Wilkins? That human highlight reel, that dunker. The alley-oops, the passes that Magic would have threw to Dominique. Oh, my God. We were robbed. Basketball fans were robbed. Dude, but Worthy, I'm sorry. Worthy was dope. And Worthy's game in the playoffs, he, he went up. Every year in the playoffs, his game elevated. Worthy was the dude, man. I know, dude, but damn, yo. Flat top, flat top, perm, 80s Dominique with Magic. Showtime. Uh, it would have been incredible. Ooh, and then Kareem. Oh, my God. Do you know how many people in the 80s would have tasted Dominique's nuts? <laughs> the alley-oops thing? They would have had to come out with his own cologne. Oh, my God, dog. Nuts to the chin every night. <laughs> oh. <laughs> that would have been called Dominique's Nuts to the Chin. Nuts to the Chin, the new fragrance by Dominique. <laughs> nuts to Chin. I say it like that. Nuts to chin. chin. It sounds more erotic like yeah. that. Nuts to chin. <laughs> made by Fabergé. Oh, no. It's been a minute since I've come out. But now I can come out because it's a short time. I came up with a last name. My name is not just Yaspir Mekwa. My middle name. It's Yaspir Strange Mekwa. Dominique Wilkins, the essence of a black man dunking on you with his sweaty black balls and the sweat cascading from its nut hairs through the shorts and through the cloth and the cotton which the black people have picked on the sweats of their backs and the slavery. You would smell and taste the slavery and the oppression through the cloth of the nuts of this sweaty black man as he dunks over you, tasting all of his chocolate cocoa essence. Nuts to Chin by Yasper Strange Mekwa. <laughs> oh, you brought that. that I, yeah, I had to dust that one off. I like how you brought Strange in too. Strange. Strange. Strange, y'all. Uh, um, you birthed that. Yes, I birthed after Bill. Not Bill. Bill. <laughs> um, talking about Jerry Buss' rise to success and wealth. Uh, his daughter, oh, this, I know you probably love this with your Jew brain. She said, uh, and you, we just said numbers guy, that, his, that Buss would have a computer in his office. Yeah, the calculator, calculator on the desk. Not for him, but for you. So you can keep up so with him. So keep up because he was a numbers guy and he could compute. I wish I had that. Like I would, that, that's what I mean when I go visionaries. Whether it's basketball IQ, comedy IQ, business IQ, there's an IQ, there's levels to this shit. And I wish, that's a talent I wish I had where I could numbers and like the matrix or fucking, you know, see it. Oh, that's, that's, that's how you get rich. Well, that's how you can get rich. My stepfather... Honestly, he was he was computer numbers. You could give him anything, and he would he would tell you what it is. No calculator, no paper. That's no crazy. Nothing. But you have to know what to do with it because he didn't do shit with it. He didn't know what to do with it. So it's unfortunate. Some people just are have that that thing in their brain. Right. They don't do do anything with it. Bus showed what you can do when you have that kind of uh, intelligence. Right. Um. Something that kind of blew my mind is when you know. Uh, even when the Lakers were champions and even when they were riding success, there was a moment uh, where they were saying the Lakers could go bankrupt. Uh, uh, a bus was fa facing the possibility of bankruptcy. Because of the real estate market. Right. And I'm just going, how do you have multiple successful sports teams and have money issues? And this might be ignorant for me to say, but sometimes it feels like being broke or just maintaining is less stressful than being rich. No, that's not, that's not 
bullish to say at all. I think honestly, this is this is where we I think we get confused in life with the money thing. Yeah, right. some listen. I'm going to say something that I know a lot of people aren't going to like it. Some people aren't made to be rich. That's the bottom line. Some people, but what do you attribute that to? Because what whether their work ethic, whether their intelligence level, okay, okay, whether whatever it is that they want, rich isn't necessarily someone's desire. There, there, there's people I know. I know plenty of people that work in 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 the home building there field. They have a they they're not rich. They have a house. They have their kids. They have whatever their weekend or their activity is. Whether it be <laughs> I know the guys that have sand rails. I know the guys that have, and and they have a nice life, but they're not looking to be rich. They're not out investing every moment of their time on how to make more money. They enjoy their kids. They enjoy their life. They enjoy their weekend out with their boat or with their sand rail and making a living and having uh, some uh, things to do uh, with your children and time to do it is more valuable. There's nothing wrong with that. But today we make it sound like everybody has to be rich and we're all working to be rich. Man, we're not. We're, we're, that's not. That shouldn't be. That shouldn't be our ultimate goal. Now, it's nice when you're rich. Uh, I would assume it's nice. I, I've never been there. But do you really want to be Elon Musk? Do you really want to be? Do you really want to go through a couple days of his life or a week of his life and go, yeah, that's the kind of life I want to live, where every day you're waking up and it's just about business. You don't sleep much. You all you're doing is business. But you don't think some of that is a choice. Some of it is a choice because I don't think his brain shuts down. But do you want to live that way? And besides that, can you live that way? Do you have a brain that will do that? I mean, we, you know, there's a lot of people that want to be football players, right? But if you don't have the body, the strength to be a football player, life lets you know that right. you're not supposed to be that. Okay. But life, life, people don't realize life lets you know whether you're supposed to be rich or not. Well, I want to go back to something you said when you go, some people aren't meant to be rich either because work ethic or what else did you say? Intelligence. Intelligence. Okay. Work work ethic is a personal thing. You, you, you know, that's on you how hard you work. Intelligence. Okay. Maybe, you know, if you, you're dumb, you're dumb. Like Ron White said, you can't fix stupid. But what's unfair is or what's fucked up is what about the people who maybe have a good work ethic? Fairly intelligent. Fairly intelligent. And just don't have all the... Like, like, like with bus, don't know what to do. The, the, the numbers, the don't know what to do, don't know how to make it work. Like they're trying, like one of my favorite sayings, and I think I've said this on a podcast, uh, being broke is hard. Becoming rich is hard. Choose your heart. Yes. So, so, so if you're choosing to be rich, you're choosing to be an entrepreneur, but it's in- incredibly hard and, and, and you got to go through way more failures than you do success. I don't know, like at what point, and there's no guarantees. When do you break through? Okay. When, how, when do you go, when do you not give up? If that's what you feel that you're meant to do, I don't think you ever give up and hopefully you break through, hopefully. But not everybody's guaranteed anything. But riches and success are different things to different people. I mean, riches could be, you know, I, I said some success. Let's start with success. Success is like if you're happy in the place that you're at, if you feel uh, like that you have accomplished, that you feel that you're in a place where that is your level of success, that you're, like I said, I look up to people that have, a, I know this is going to sound ridiculous, a construction job, uh, that do things in the construction field. You go out every day, you work. I mean, it's a healthy job. You work your muscles, you work your brain because there's a lot of brain work in construction. Oh shit, sorry about that. No problem. Go ahead. You work your brain in construction. You put all your efforts into that during the day. You come home. You have your wife. You have your kids. Uh, you have uh, your hobbies, and you get to you have time to do all that. And you and, and I see all these people that I grew up with. When I saw their their homes, that I I grew up by the Air Force Base in a new development. So all the guys around really a lot of them were were construction workers. And these dudes had such a, I, I love the family life that they have. I love the time they spent with their children. I love that time. That to me, that to me was success. And I got to do that. That's why I didn't go on the road and pursue comedy because I stayed home and I did take care of my kids. I did do the stuff with my kids. I wish I would have had more time. I wish I would have had more money to do some different things with them, but I had the time and I, no one can ever take that, the, the life experience that I had away from me. That to me is success though. 
I was successful in that endeavor. I have moved on to a different endeavor and still have an amazing relationship with my kids because I did that. That's success. I'm doing comedy. I'm on the road. That's success. Financial success is a different thing. And I don't know that we're all going to have it. I think you have to know where you fit and, and put yourself in that place and work over there. I don't make a lot of money, but I'm not hurting for anything because I don't try to live a, a life that is beyond where I'm at. I think a lot of us get carried away because we see everything that's on videos, on television, and we think we're supposed to have it. Not everybody gets it. Right. I'm sorry. That's just the way it is. And I don't get, I don't have it. So I don't feel bad about it. I, I love the life that I have. I think if you're loving the life that you lead success is in there and then you find your opportunity, but I don't want to be Elon Musk. I don't, I don't care about having more money than I could ever spend and living that kind of weird ass fucking life. Why would I want that? A lot of us are led to believe we're going to be rock stars, movie stars, sports cards, but we won't remember where that's from. I, fight club that's fight club yeah Brad Pitt. that makes sense though uh but that's what we're told because we're all told we can be anything we want well that, that's what we're supposed to say to, to our kids and our kids can i don't remember what comedians to tell your kids you can't be everything you want not everybody can be that <laughs> uh, we you know what the less options you have and I, this is going to sound really ridiculous there should be a certain amount of options that you have but you don't need every option have you ever tried when, when there's four kinds of soda on the tap, you know which soda you're going to drink when you're walking up to it. If you want a soda, you know which one you're going to get. Right. When you go to QT and they have 22 sodas, now we start thinking, we're looking around, we're trying to figure out which. It, it doesn't necessarily improve our lives any. Right. You, you got to eliminate things. We don't need everything. And especially if you're a person right now, I, I see it all the time. I see people drive cars that they can't afford. There's cars that you can't afford and have money left over to enjoy life. Why are you driving the car you can't afford when you could drive the car you can afford and enjoy your life. No, you just have a car that everybody thinks is a nice car, but you're not enjoying shit because you can barely pay for it. You can't put gas in it because now it's up to five, six dollars a gallon. Listen, you ain't going I, anywhere. I, I, I think that some people may even realize that they'll never be the fantasy in their head. So before you die, you got to taste a piece of something. So maybe they go ahead and buy that car they can't afford so they could at least say, I did it. They bought a problem. I did something. It's just a problem. Yeah, but they may not see it as a problem. They may see it as what they need to validate. At least I did something. But you didn't do anything. It's a car that disappears. I hear you. Your kids are something. You're, you're, I hear you. Yeah. You're, and if you don't have kids, your house is something. Your legacy is something. Your art that you might right. paint or whatever your hobby is that you've enjoyed. That's something. But I'd rather, I would rather have a, a, a Honda and get to do adventures than drive a Mercedes and get to stay at my house or my apartment. Let's put it that way. I'd rather. Well, if you bought some shit you can't afford, your Mercedes may be your apartment. apartment. That's true. <laughs> but th th that I really, I get passionate about talking about that because I don't understand. I mean, I really, I'm really trying. And when I was younger, of course, when we're younger, right. we all want the fucking flashy shit. Right. Yeah, y'all. So listen, uh, it's on Hulu. It's called The Lake of Legacy. And, oh, I think this is a, a series. I think because what I love about it is when you look at the cover of it, like it's a book. But when you look at the the, the poster, the advertisement for it, whatever it is, they got, you know, Shaq, Kobe, uh, Magic, Kareem. Uh, was Jeannie Buss on the picture? I don't know. I don't know. I think Jeannie was up there. Anyway. Yeah, she was on the picture. Yeah. They, they got all the big time Lakers uh, that played for the Lakers. LeBron is up there. Uh, so I have a feeling this is going to talk about, this is going to cover the beginning to the current Lakers, even with LeBron. So there's more to come on this. Now tell me if you agree with this or disagree. You know who they didn't have up there? They had Kareem, Magic, uh, LeBron, Kobe, Shaq. You know who they didn't have up there? Wilt Chamberlain. Yeah, you know. Why did they put Wilt? You put LeBron over Wilt? No, maybe because it went back further than they were going to. Uh, they wanted to start with the Showtime. Got you. That's the only reason I can think of it. Because I thought, damn, George Mikan is missing too. That oh, Maybe they should, maybe someone's going to do a series on Wilt, though. They should. I think they should have put Wilt up there just because. He's he's missing in this all this talk, all this conversation. He always gets bypassed and missed. And he, I remember when I was little, when I was little, and I first fell, you know, fell, fell in love with basketball. Will was one I of the guys. Was say when I first slept with Will, I was like, "You too." No, I mean, <laughs> no. 
<laughs> what was it, 20,000? You're right, 20,000, 10,000, whatever it was. Dude, I don't know. Who's the comedian said, I don't think he had time to play basketball? How's it? Oh, yeah? that, that was a great joke by John Witherspoon. And he did the joke. It was physical, too, where he said, in order for Wilt to fuck that many women, he would have had to constantly be fucking. So John, and you know John, physical, John would motion with his pelvis, a fucking motion, and what he would have Wilt doing normal chores around the house. <laughs> so he said, Wilt would have to be ironing while fucking, he not making food while fucking. It was hilarious. Uh, yeah, the, uh, but I think Wilt, obviously, someone's going to do something with him. I don't know, maybe someone owns owns the rights to produce and right. no one's giving it up. So right. I don't know, but Wilt should be more in these conversations. But so should Dr. Dre. No, Dr. Dr. Dre. Dr. Dre. Dr. J. Dr. J should be. Dr. Dre's in enough videos already. Right, right. And in enough documentaries. But Dr. J should be in, in more right. because he's that that whole that whole time period before this before showtime, the bear rivalry basically between the Lakers and the Celtics. Everything else is being left off the map on this right now. Right. Okay. Uh you want to give out some dates? Yeah, I'll give it up. But check out this series, you guys. I mean, it doesn't it's over, really good. it doesn't overlap the way you would, and it answers some questions from uh from And again, I, I I was gonna be worried because I went, if we do again, we were gonna watch it because we're dudes and it's sports. But I was like, are me and Andy really gonna talk about it when we talked about winning time? But it that's why I had totally separate notes, because they came from you know different angles that made me go, Oh, okay. So it's 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 definitely a good watch. And this one's Jerry West approved. Oh, well, there you go. Uh, dates. So you're listening to this hopefully on the 7th, uh, Wednesday, the 7th of September. We're going to be at Addison Improv, the 8th through the 11th. At the Addison Improv. That's uh, two. What, what do we got? One show on Thursday, one show on Sunday, and two on Friday and Saturday. Um, I have news. Uh, if you had tickets for uh, the Spokane Comedy Club, we are not going to go forward with that date as of right now. So that one's on hold. So if you have your tickets, you can contact Spokane Comedy Club and get your ticket money back or get a future date uh, ticket. Uh, follow the 22nd through the 25th of September. We're going to be at the Raleigh Improv in Cary, uh, but we'll be at the Raleigh Improv there. The same deal. We're going to be there the uh like I said, 22nd through the 25th, two shows on Friday and Saturday, one on Thursday and Sunday. And you're putting me back into the frame. And then we're going to be at Levity uh, live uh, September 30th through October 2nd. And then after that, I'm going on vacation. What do I got? I have some in my eye. You're fixing your eye on camera? A little ash. A little, little, little ashiness? Ashiness, yeah. In the eye. All right. So that's where we're at. Um, This is from Ice. Cl uh, well, that's his email. Oh, well, fuck it. Uh, brother name he didn't give me his name but fuck it's is uh ig is ice ice I, oh iced out churchin uh i c e d o u t c h u r c h i n on instagram and shy smoke on twitter that's s h i underscore s m o k e song is called invisible ho wow I stopped churching. I fucked a lot of those invisible, invisible hoes. <laughs> <laughs> I like I stopped churching. Obviously, he got his Mavado watch. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah, we out. I'm as real as they come, I'm considered the one I like to get sloppy toppy while I'm hitting the blunt Just gon' look like Mr. Bubble if she lift up her tongue You not gon' see her when she coming, man, invisible ho Red devil, red carpet, touch the velvet rope You know I turn that snow toe into a melon Monroe Push my foot on the gas and inhale the dope These niggas looking like the fucking Three Stooges show Got a big four, five for Larry curling I give you tales from the hood, Clarence Williams the third, dark shades with the fur, why you looking absurd, hands quicker than the eye, boy I move too fast, you a retired step, that nigga who used to rap, watch your nigga hover up on your useless ass, got tailor-made suits, cigars and Perignon, no cherry bombs, we use C4, 
to bury y'all, good God. I came to party, but you and your mans can still get body. When I squeeze, niggas stop moving like time freeze. Time froze, mouth closed, cause niggas 5-0. Really though, did I mention? I put you six feet social distance. He laying in the coffin for coffin. Lost in New York, Macaulay Culkin. I'm often about my cake. Fuck frosting, bullshit. My love for money is a strange reaction. Your chain, we Snatching your thought wrong, you're thinking backwards. I fiend for lavish, expensive habits. I caught you lacking. I put your blood on a brand new jacket. Shrimp pasta. Thanks for listening to the Spears and Steinberg podcast. If you'd like to know who's responsible for this shit, well, it was hosted by Aries Spears and Andy Steinberg, produced by Steve Merrick and Anthony Holmes, executive producer, Big Papa, Robert Kelly, and Matt Kleinschmidt for the Laugh Button Podcast. For more information on where to find us on the internet, visit www.spearsbergpod.com. The test course you said with conviction, it don't mean shit to me! Don't you think you're being kind of hard on the guy? You go fuck yourself, convict!